Hi everyone, Pamela Log here, your host of the Energy Transitions podcast. If you enjoy listening to our bi-weekly podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button and take a moment to leave a rating or review wherever you're listening. This will help us spread the message and connect with our community. Thanks again for listening to the Energy Transitions podcast from Inlet and Friends. As nuclear energy experiences somewhat of a renaissance and we see new decentralized systems coming online, nuclear power's integration with grid systems needs to be evaluated to ensure it is smartly managed. To gain insight into this topic and to explore how digitalization is impacting the nuclear power sector, my colleague Yosef Latif spoke with EDF Group Technical and R&D Director Bernard Selha. Selha explores the future energy system, focusing on the complexity of decentralization and the increasing importance of balancing power. I'm Pamela Larg, and this is the Energy Transitions Podcast. Mr. Sala, clearly Germany is pulling the plug on nuclear power, but this is not so for France. Will the country continue with its commitment to nuclear? Yeah, the, the, the answer is really yes. So, in fact, we, we believe that we, we need a tremendous uh, increase of uh, electricity generation for the, for the future. Uh, if we are serious about uh, net zero by 2050 and decarbonation, and so in, in that respect, we really need all the means uh, to generate electricity. And we, we do believe that uh, nuclear uh, is really part of the game in this uh, in this respect. Of course, uh, together was was uh, renewable. As you know, in France, we have a, a long experience of uh, operating nuclear power plant. We, we have uh, uh, currently 56 plants under, under operation. These plants is a is a way to provide electricity in a safe, uh, reliable way, and with a very very low uh, carbon footprint. Uh, the carbon footprint of our nuclear fleet is uh, around four gram of CO2 uh, per kilowatt hour, so which is a very very low level. Uh, you have to realize that for a gas plant, for example, the the level of emission is around 300 four gram by respect to, to 300. And even uh, if I take a renewable and the, the global footprint, I mean the, the, the also taking into account the contraction aspect or the waste aspect. In fact, for nuclear it's four, but you have uh, figures much, much higher for PV and, and, and wind, uh, uh, around 80 or 15 uh, for, for PV and for wind, according to, of course, to the place where those equipments are manufactured. Uh, so we, we believe that nuclear has a, a great uh, place and room to, to take. It means uh, operation of our units on the on the long run. Uh, that's that's a key a key element of of course, uh, and also building building new plants altogether. And uh, in a global mix, we believe also that nuclear and renewable can work together in a very efficient way. 
Can you help us get a sense of the level of innovation the nuclear industry has been seeing lately? Is it enough? Is it fast enough? What more is needed, if not? Well, by the way, you know, uh, nuclear industry is a, is a cutting edge industry at a very high level of, uh, of technology. And this is true in, uh, in, in many, many aspects. Uh, we have uh, innovation which is uh, built on technological brick that that's to say item that could be implemented in the in the existing units for example digital system we we, we could speak at length about digital system in that uh, in in that respect and you, we have also at the moment a very interesting um, event which is uh, the, the the new reactors i mean small modular reactor or advanced modular reactor uh, around the world, you have a lot of startups which have been created in that respect and which try to bring the, the, the new reactor online. So it's a very uh, interesting, uh, motivating, enthusiastic uh, era because we, we have a lot of entrepreneurs uh, at the moment who believe in the, in the future nuclear through those, uh, those startups with different technology. Uh, and for different use, I mean, for generating electricity, of course, but also uh, hydrogen, uh, desalinization, the heat, big reactors, very, very small reactors, uh, very different technologies. Uh, well, the very, you know, era of uh, entrepreneurship and, and innovations. We are currently in this period at the moment. I think that's also very, it's witness. In fact, that the nuclear could play or can play or is going to play a, a big role in the future for tomorrow. In terms of the future of nuclear power, with some of the newer plants being decentralized systems and possible older nuclear plants being retired and decommissioned, how does the grid need to adapt to accommodate this? Well, that's that's a very large, a very large question. Uh, uh, about the first the plans, uh, as as I mentioned, we we have to operate our existing unit on the on the long run. And as you know, existing units are rather big units, one one gigawatt or, or or more. That's that's the first challenge that we are facing. It's quite possible, by the way, because uh, if you see in the U.S. in the U.S. already today, you have I don't know exactly the figures. I think six or eight units have uh, got what they call a subsequent uh, license, which authorize them to operate up to up to 80 years. We have also this question of uh, SMRs. Uh, so they are under development at the moment, uh, different technologies, different size also. An SMR is a reactor for which the power is below 300 uh, megawatt. But you much, you may have very, very small plant also, uh, about one, one megawatt. And about the renewables, so renewables are growing, very fast developing all over the, the, the world. Uh, PV uh, is a very, very promising technology, but you have also wind and in even offshore wind, uh, which is a grow, really growing uh, all over the world. It does mean that uh, our electrical system is going to be more and more complex, more and more complex also because the, the volume uh, of the demand is going to grow. Uh, as you know, we, we expect to have something like 50% of the overall energy consumption to come from electricity by 2050, uh, knowing that 
at today, uh, electricity uh, consumption, electricity demand represent uh, in France it's 25%, in the whole world it's uh, around 20%. So it means nuclear, renewable, it means also different way of using the electricity. Uh, EV, electrical vehicle are, are growing, uh, heat pump uh, for, for heating system. Uh, hydrogen with uh, electrolysis and of course all those different use of electricity will have to be connected to the grid. The grid is going to be more and more complex. That's a, a key element also of our uh, energy transition and on which we, we are also uh, closely uh, working. Hi there fellow podcast listeners. This is Paddy Young, the director of Inlit. Apologies for jumping in, but I wanted to take this opportunity to invite you to Inlit Europe, which is taking place in Paris from the 28th to 30th of November. At Inlit Europe, thousands of industry professionals will come together to have engaging conversations about all things energy transition. Personally, I'm looking forward to discussing topics like supply chain challenges, future-proofing the grid, offshore energy strategies, new infrastructure versus repurposing, and many more. So kind of like this podcast, but then in real life. If you're keen to join, go to inlit-europe.com slash registerpod, fill in your details and add the discount code podcastinlit for your 25% discount on the Summit Delegate Pass. Don't forget podcastinlit, all one word and lowercase. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you in Paris. Okay, and now back to the episode. Great that you bring in renewables and heat pumps and all these decentralized assets that are that are coming on quite quite intense in volume uh, over a very short period of time. And when it comes to this increasing penetration of renewables, unfortunately, intermittency obviously still remains a problem that grid operators have to deal with. Do you see nuclear remaining an integral part of the system as it becomes more flexible to help balance out this increasing level of demand, but also increasing levels of decentralized supply? Uh, I, I think the, the, the answer is definitively yes. I think that nuclear is a, clearly an asset uh, to cope with the, the question of overall intermittency. And let me say also, question of global stability uh, of, of the grid. The, the big question with, with renewable is that you, you have electricity when you have wind or when you have sun. And as you know, the development of storage, at least of a big, big, big volume of storage uh, is not yet here and probably is not going to be here for, for a very long, long time. And so we, we need globally uh, stability on the, on the grid. So you, you have a technical device which allow to have stabilities on the grid, grid forming system, for, for example. But uh, nuclear uh, could help also in, in, that, in that respect by the, its natural inertia. And nuclear is flexible. I think that's a very key element I, I really want to, to stress. Nuclear is flexible. You know, on our French fleet, uh, we have uh, reactors which can increase their power or decrease their power very, very fast. The, the technical spec is of 3% uh, full power per minute, you know, 3% full power per minute. 
uh, with a little bit technical, sorry for that, but with gray rods, you know, the very specific uh, control rods uh, of which those reactors are, are equipped. So th that's it means that could be completely feasible. Uh, nuclear power plants can, can follow the, the load and uh, consequently they, they can help to, to bring uh, stability on the, on the grid. This question of stability uh, is really a very key element for, for our future. As electricity is going to be more and more necessary, as its share is going to be larger and larger, we, we need a strong grid and a, a stable grid. And in that respect, a nuclear power plant uh, with the uh, flexibility and uh, capacity to follow the load uh, are clearly an asset in this global uh, complex landscape. Yes, 100% agree on the, the, the importance of the stable grid. And I think that's being reflected a lot in conversations that you hear within industry. How would a smart grid help with this? Artificial intelligence is, of course, one of the biggest topics right now in energy. How can AI better enable smart, flexible penetration of nuclear energy? Uh, in fact, the, the question of this uh, very big increase of the, of the part of electricity means that we are going to have a lot of different demands. Um, EV charging station, uh, heat pump, uh, a lot of industrial customers, uh, and we will have to manage the global stability, the global frequency of the grid, the resiliency also of the grid in any situation. We are going also to, to have flexibility. I mean, to, to be able to reduce the, the demand from when when's necessary, uh, or to increase the demand when the price of electricity is is very low and that you may have opportunity to, to use the, the electricity. So it means that all this global system has to use uh, digital tools. Digital tools in that respect are, let's say, mandatory if we want the system to be able to operate. And uh, you, you are fully right, the, all the AI technique, all the, the tools which may help the, the global operators in charge of the management of the, of the grid to work are going to have a great effect and are completely necessary. We, we have to take into account that this global system is going to be more complex, more decentralized with several actors and that the stability is going to, to, to need to have all these actors, all these different players work, work together. In that respect, uh, digital system for the grid management are absolutely necessary. I like that phrasing of digital is mandatory. I think that, that puts it together <laughs> quite nicely. On that note, between digitalization and nuclear, where are some of the most important intersections you've seen? Data is arguably relevant across the entire value chain where where are the links that we need to be on the lookout for well you know as as i mentioned nuclear is really a cross-cutting technology and uh, digital uh, system may be used uh, may be utilized in in different many different aspects of the the, the nuclear life i mean they can be used for the for the design of the of the plant uh, uh, they may be used for uh, manufacturing also uh, equipments, 
through uh, through additive manufacturing techniques, for for example, that that are growing at the moment, they can be used for maintenance. Uh, I mean that uh, it's a way to to grasp a lot of data of operation and to take profit also of all those data for the for trying to optimize the the, the maintenance process. They can be used also. So for uh, operation, um, I think also, by the way, that uh, all these uh, data, all those digital systems that we are developing for, for the nuclear world could be also uh, quite uh, interesting for other industry. I mean, they, they, they could be also link uh, between the nuclear world and the other industry. Uh, if we Take, take, for example, the question of maintenance. If we grow a maintenance system based on uh, data collection for nuclear power plants, that's quite clear that the sort of system could, could be used also for very complex factory with the same philosophies, the same ideas, the, the same principle. It means that the, the knowledge that we and the competencies that we developed in the nuclear industry could be also profitable for 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 others. You know, nuclear is not an industry isolated uh, by respect to the other. It's it's well one a complex industry, just like aerospace uh, industry, and uh, the benefits that we developed in it could be also uh, used in 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 other parts of the industry. Just to follow up on that. Recently, I've seen uh, certain talks about how digitalization AI is a good way to plug the skills gap and uh, help transition in the next workforce when it comes to technologies. Do you see that being the case in nuclear? Clearly, yes. I think digital system can be a way for, for training in the nuclear world. You know, um, all, all the device that give you um, possibility to enter let's say, in a virtual way uh, in a reactor building or to prepare uh, in a virtual way uh, maintenance operation are really uh, very, very valuable. And uh, I can tell you that at the moment within my organization, we, we are developing tools in, in that respect uh, based on virtual reality, uh, based on uh, increased reality, uh, which are used for the training of operators, for the training of maintenance people. Uh, you know, it's not so, so easy to enter a nuclear power plant when it's on operation. And so it's maybe difficult to, to prepare a maintenance, uh, maintenance operation. If you can uh, prepare it in a virtual way uh, through digital tools, uh, of course, you create an additional value and you reduce the risk of the of the maintenance process. We are doing it at the moment. We are really doing it at the at the moment. In fact, uh, even if we are operating our plans for several tens of years, we are uh, using the most up to date technologies in digital system in order to improve. The, the performance of the of the people. And I can tell you also that for young operators that we recruit at the moment, we are very uh, accustomed with uh, digital technology. Uh, it's really a plus to, to see that those uh, up-to-date uh, tools are, are used on our uh, on our plants. 
And when it comes to Europe's energy transition, what are for you some of the most exciting innovations that you've seen come out of nuclear? And what are the drivers that will take us forward? Well, you know, we, we are really uh, living in a, in a complex and uh, challenging uh, world with this question of uh, zero uh, carbon transition, you know, let's say short term future 2050. But at the same time, it's very, very enthusiastic because we, we are really in a, in a changing world. So we have uh, topics to deal with customers. I mean, uh, new use of energy going from fossil fuel energy to electricity, uh, decarbonized electricity. Uh, I was mentioning EV, uh, heat pump, uh, hydrogen. So those topics are, are growing. We have at the same time to, to build new uh, electricity generation capacities. So it means uh, renewable, it means uh, uh, nuclear. So big challenge about, about that. And hence the life duration of our existing asset. At the same time, we have also to connect uh, all those mean together. I mean the generation asset and the, the demand assets. So it means the grid grid at all scale, uh, smart grid, small grid, micro grid, but also the big European grid, distribution grid. And we have to ensure uh, resiliency. We have to ensure uh, stability of all that. We have to deliver that at an optimized cost for all the different uh, customer and at a stable cost also for all those customer to be able to, to make their, their investment on the, on the long run. And consequently, as we were talking about, all digital systems are really very useful in that respect. So you see a huge, huge, huge challenge, but very, very enthusiastic for young generation and, and, and young people who, who want to join uh, our, uh, our world and uh, our companies. So it's, it sounds like a very holistic view of how um, things need to proceed. Fast forward 10 years into the future from now, what are you hoping to see? What does the energy landscape look like to you? Well, with, within within 10 years, you know, I think that the, the share of electricity is going to, to grow. Uh, all the different countries all over the world are building in a very massive way a new electricity generation. So that's, I think, a first, a first asset that we are going to see. We are going also to see new use of electricity. Perhaps you know that uh, in the US at, at the moment uh, or last year, uh, the sales of heat pumps were larger than the, the sales of, of gas uh, of gas systems. So that, that's, that's a big change. EV, uh, we, we see the, the number of EV also growing, growing very, very fast. I'm, I'm sure this is going to, to increase. In fact, we, we have to speed up. The, the question is, we are think on the good trend. I, I think we have most of the technology, but we have to speed up. That's the main question. We have to perform huge investment on the generation side, but also on the use side, on the demand side, in order to, to reach this global objective of net zero by 2050. Speed, of course, is a common um, cited issue with the energy transition. <laughs> Things are too slow, and that is a fact. How do we speed up? I think that the, the speed is uh, on all the sides. I, I think the speed is on the technology themselves. Uh, 
to build faster, uh, to build at a, at a, low, at a lower cost. Uh, the, the speed is also on trust, uh, building trust also on the on, on the future. The speed is about the, the investment, the, the capacity to mobilize a huge, huge amount of money uh, to, to have, uh, let's say, uh, a reasonable view of the of the return of this of this money in order also to build trust on this on, on this aspect. So it's a it's a global it's a global la landscape. Uh, for big companies, but also for, let's say, uh, small customers. When you decide to change your car and you decide to buy an EV car instead of an uh, uh, internal combustion engine car, well, you have to think about and the speed and the, the, the willingness to change is here in this very small decision that you are going to take tomorrow when you are going to, to buy a new car. Thank you for that. Uh, final one. On a more personal note, what motivated you initially to get into the industry and do these motivations still ring true? Does it still drive your work? Well, I, I'm a, an engineer by, by training and so quite quite interested in, in all this question of, of technology. Uh, now that I'm growing older and older, I, I would say, you know, uh, climate change is, is really... Uh, something which uh, quite quite personally important for me so i have children i have even grandchildren uh, you know my grandchildren would be around 30 years old uh, by 2050 so let's say beginning of their life of their adult life uh, i do think that i uh, have to to push uh, and to do maximum uh, activities in order for them to have a, a nice world to live in thank you very much bernard Thank you for listening to this Energy Transitions podcast, brought to you by Enlit and friends. Visit enlit.world for more episodes. See you next time.